Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Nick Ezier-Fuller. Nick is a partner at one of the UK's leading media and entertainment law firms, Simpkins LLP. Nick specializes in commercial and intellectual property. Nick is passionate about music and is an artist himself. Nick has released several albums touring internationally. Alongside this, Nick also works in technology, providing advice on legal, commercial, on software licensing, e-commerce, as well as data protection. So a very, very warm welcome, Nick. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And before we dive into all your amazing projects and experiences to date, we do have a customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is, on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of its reality? Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to be really honest here and partly duck this question because I, I actually avoid legal tv shows deliberately most of the time so i can't rate suits so i've never seen it however the one exception is the spin-off from breaking bad better call saul which i absolutely love so i'm going to rate that instead and was it rate the authenticity of it i'm going to give it at least an eight i think because it's a fantastic show <laughs> there we go i love that i love the fact that normally people say i haven't seen it so i can't give it anything and we just move on but the fact you've then brought in another show and given it a high rating we're all for that on the legally speaking podcast so thank you nick but we must move swiftly on because there's a lot we need to get through today but we like to start at the very beginning so would you like to tell us a bit about your background and how you started your legal journey. Yeah, sure. So um, the very first bit of legal work experience I had um, was something that I arranged um, in a music litigation firm. And that was something that I did off the back of contacts I've had from making music. So I've had a career as a rapper making hip hop music. And through contacts I made in that, I got some experience in a, in a music litigation firm. Um, I, after that, applied for VAC schemes at several uh, bigger commercial firms, uh, ended up being offered a training contract at uh, all of them, actually, and chose to, to work at Allswang, um, where I did my training, had a fantastic experience there, and I qualified into their media communications and technology department, which is kind of the flagship department of that, that firm at the time. And, uh, and was in that department for a couple of years uh, before moving to Simpkins, my current firm, to specialize more in entertainment industry work, entertainment and media industry work. And I've been at Simpkins ever since. I'm not going to tell you how many years because I, like <laughs> I don't like to make clear how old I am, but uh, I've been here a while and I'm very happy. <laughs> well, and you've done tremendously well. It has to said, you know, you've, you've achieved a lot and you are now a partner with Simpkins, as you mentioned, your current firm, which is one of the UK's leading media and entertainment law firms across a broad range of clients that you advise. But, you know, this could advise or include rather high profile artists, producers, songwriters, labels, publishers, managers. Sounds like the dream job. So what does a typical day look like for you? Um, it, it certainly is my dream job, um, but you often find that the reality uh, is not quite the same as the dream that you anticipated. So it's not all glamour, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> there's there's uh, there's plenty of um, paper pushing, as there would be for any solicitor. Um, but, you know, a typical example... 
Um, today I'm speaking with uh, an artist uh, who, who's looking at doing a new record deal. Um, I'm also looking um, at a possible acquisition of a music publishing company with a different client. Um, so doing doing those kinds of things. I also work a lot with companies in the advertising space. So I work for a lot of ad agencies and uh, I'm also advising uh, a tech startup, I guess you would call it. Uh, it's an NFT focused tech business uh, and I'm helping them with their launch and their strategy. So quite varied and I'm very fortunate to have uh, a varied and interesting practice. Yeah, and it sounds fascinating. And the fact that you mentioned NFTs as well, that's something I'm super passionate about and sort of in process of uh, launching my own this year. And I think it's just a, an emerging space. And you talked mm. a lot about, you know, the start of your career, you trained with Owls Wang and you have a background in the technology sector. You know, mm. you provide a lot of legal and commercial advice, you know, on the likes of development apps, websites, software licensing, data protection. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that all involves? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we we really are experts in um, commercial law and intellectual property, and there are lots of different sectors in which um, that comes into play. And in the tech space, you know, we we help those that develop and build technologies to uh, bring their technologies to market in the right way, um, to 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 do transactions to 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 scale up their business, so to take investment, for example, and also. Um, with managing their relationships with their consumers. Um, so all of the kind of consumer-facing legal terms, et cetera, we, we can help with all of that. Um, so it's quite a, a broad range of work we do with people in, in that sector. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating a lot of the work that you, you you do. And we've had some a range of guests come on the show. We've had international DJs turned partners that have started their careers. But, you know, you, Nick, are a true artist. You've released several albums in addition to touring internationally. You know, what were your experiences like there? Um, the, you know, all sorts of experiences. Um, I must say, um, I think... I'm the only rapper slash lawyer in the world. I don't think I've come across another one. I um, haven't. So I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite pleased. And you interview lawyers all the time, so <laughs> you, would, you would probably be the guy to ask. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an unusual situation. Um, but I just, I'm just passionate about music, particularly hip-hop. It's what I kind of grew up on as a teenager and, uh, and love to this day. And it got me into all, all, all sorts of other uh, styles and sounds of music. Um, and I've had great experiences doing that. You know, um, I've worked with some of my, my heroes musically. You know, um, I've traveled around the world. Um, and balancing it with what I do as a lawyer has has always been my path. It's been been quite difficult because I I began the, my my journey as a, a lawyer studying um, at the same time as I was beginning to release music. Um, so I did my first album when I was at law school. Did my second one when I was a trainee, um, and I did my third one not long before I made partner in in my firm. So it's always been something I pursued at the same time, and that can be tricky. I remember one particular um, moment where. I was asked to do a couple of shows in Japan. Um, I'm based in London, and I was asked to do a couple of shows in Japan. And um, I just couldn't say no because I'd never been to Japan, and it was going to be an exciting experience. So I ended up taking – I think I took a Friday off work, flew out to Japan, did two shows out there, and then was back at the office in London on Monday uh, by – I think by lunchtime or so. Um, severely jet-lagged, but, but also – 
you know absolutely thrilled to have been able to do it so yeah i've had some interesting experiences with this Where, whereabouts in japan did you uh perform tokyo and osaka um, so we went on the bullet train in between them as well. Uh, if I'm honest with you, it's a bit of a blur because I literally didn't sleep for the whole the whole couple of days, as you can imagine. Um, but it was super exciting. So your your Japan trip sounds similar to mine in the sense that I've only been Japan been to Japan for a less than 72 hours. I went for the <laughs> Rugby World Cup. It was a spontaneous when we'd beat the All Blacks and we were playing South Africa in the final. I thought I can't miss this. Um, jumped on the flight, took the Friday off the work, went there, jet lagged, came back. Of course we lost. So I had one <laughs> night out sort of day in Tokyo and flew back. So a lot of people say to me, well, what's it like in Japan? You know, Tokyo, everything. I was like, I really really don't have any idea i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> well i'm pretty sure I, I managed to in my short space of time there experienced a mini earthquake like a little tremor sort oh, of wow. thing saw mount fuji from the bullet train um and it was cherry blossom season so so we Aww. saw beautiful cherry blossom. So I, I remember thinking i've had quite a lot of the uh the kind of quintessential japanese visit experiences but they just were in a, an absolute blur because it was in <laughs> in the space of a few hours but it was a wonderful trip yeah, and you, you mentioned heroes. You know, a lot of people. You know, you always say if you meet your heroes, you'll ultimately be disappointed. But you know, you've performed and you've met your heroes. Who are some mm. of them? And you know, what was that experience like? Okay, so I'm going to get quite deep hip hop here. So bear with me for anyone who doesn't know on earth what I'm talking about. But um, I grew up on '90s New York hip hop mainly, also UK. Yeah. And um, there's a group called the Wu Tang Clan who are kind of a, uh, you know groundbreaking global sensation in the hip-hop world and i made a record with with uh, one of the members of the wu-tang clan um i also made a record with uh, guru from a group called gangstar he also did a series of albums called jazz where he collaborated with soul and jazz and other artists and these are people that you know i i looked up to um you know real, real heroes of mine musically and to meet them and then end up actually working with them was amazing and i've done support slots where i've been performing at gigs with um de la soul cypress hill um even kanye west actually i was on a tour with kanye west in in uh, australia once so extraordinary experiences working with all sorts of big artists or kind of rubbing shoulders with them and it's uh, it's a real thrill. Yeah, I mean, huge artists. I mean, some of my favourites you you meant. It's taking me back to my university days, and a lot of my university friends who who don't listen to the League Speaking podcast probably will be listening to this particular episode. So I'm like, Good. wow, it's a Cypress Hill and all those others. So <laughs> that's super super cool. And that leads nicely mm. on because your your stage name is Essa, and you released mm. a single called Justice in 2020, discussing processing thoughts and feelings on George Floyd. Uh, you looked at it from the perspective of a lawyer and a black man what was the significance of this and did you have a message you particularly wanted to convey yeah well i mean the the song came about uh because during those days and weeks following the murder of george floyd uh for me like like for many people um you know from the black community it was just a very um emotionally difficult period and i had all sorts of thoughts and feelings uh based on my black experience you know which may not be the same as everybody else's but we all experience it in, in in our own ways and i had so much in my heart and in my mind um and just didn't quite know what to do with myself um and normally for me um whenever i've got a lot of feeling or a lot of thought i write 
it's 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 almost like self therapy for me. It's very cathartic, and I don't always put the product of what I write out there, but often I do, and it's kind of part of part of how I exist and how I cope with life. Um, so I just started trying to jot down some of my thoughts and feelings about this hugely significant event, and then all the other uh, similar events and what it meant, and and in particular, I looked at it, you know, as someone who. Is, is, is a lawyer with legal training. And I remember at, at university, you know, learning about the McPherson report um, and, and the murder of Stephen Lawrence and, and issues of s- systemic racism within the Metropolitan Police. And, you know, I, I touched upon those sorts of issues in, in the song. And to be honest, the best way for me to sum it I can't sum it up in neatly because partly because there's such a depth of feeling behind it that it's even quite hard for me to talk about it if I'm honest. But what I what I would say is people go and listen to the song um, because that's where I tried to really express how I thought and felt about it. And by the way, that is not a um, sort of commercial plug. The song is a charity record. Every penny made off of it uh, goes towards charities that. Uh, support access to justice for 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 black people um, in uh, in marginalised communities. So, you know, I'm not saying that to try and get any uh, any money out of it for me or any 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 uh, whatever. It's not a shameless plug. It's actually uh, you know a heartfelt plug, if that makes sense. And, and we jolly well will plug it here on the Legally Speaking podcast because it is, uh, you know, such a wonderful charity and, and, and very much needed. So absolutely, please, everyone, make sure you do go and check that out because it is all for a good cause. And it's great artistic work as well. Time for a quick break from the show. Are you a legal aid practitioner in England and Wales specializing in civil or criminal legal aid matters? If you are, this message is for you. As a legal aid solicitor, you don't have time to waste on legal aid case management software that doesn't work to your needs. That's why Clio has developed a quicker, more accurate and affordable solution for legal aid solicitors in England and Wales. It could save you hours in your month, particularly when it comes to end of month invoicing and claims to the legal aid agency. To see how it all works, visit clio.com forward slash UK forward slash legal aid. That's Clio, C-L-I-O dot com forward slash UK forward slash legal aid. Now back to the show. Nick, you are part then as an extension of that of Power Up an organization which emerged following the murder of George Floyd. The organization is aimed at boosting careers of black creators. Can you explain a little bit more about this and how did you join and what does it mean being a member to you? Hmm. So it it, it came about um, following George Floyd's murder. A lot of industries, uh, a lot of companies within the creative sector uh, and beyond made uh sh- shows of solidarity they they would um put out messages saying that they stand with the black community etc and within the music industry in particular there was uh a plan for people to post black squares on their social media profiles just as as a show of solidarity and uh several people felt that was uh, not enough, you know. It's good, good that everyone was focusing on these issues and 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 had a, a desire for solidarity, but it seemed like a, a, a time for action. 
um, and an opportunity actually for action uh, with a bit of momentum behind doing something to make a positive change. And that's the context in which Power Up was was born. Um, so Ben Winter, uh, who at the time was at the PRS Foundation, worked with the PRS Foundation to set this up. And it's a program that supports not just creators, but also uh, professionals, industry professionals. Um, so in the the first year of it, and by the way, it's going to run for 10 years. So it's going to going to uh, really support the growth of, uh, of black talent within the music sector for, for a long period of time. And in the first year, they've taken 40 people in and we receive uh, training. We receive uh, mentorship, networking opportunities, guidance uh, and funding as well for particular projects to just give our careers a boost. And I'm the only lawyer who's involved in this this first year, but alongside me there are artists, writers, uh, producers, managers, label owners, uh, all, all sorts, event, people in the event sector, uh, NFT specialists, all sorts. Uh, and, and the idea is for everybody to get a boost to their career. And it's aimed not at people who are at the entry level of their career, but people who are hitting that glass ceiling. That's what the whole thing is about. The idea that for, for, for black people in the music business, there's often been this feeling of this kind of invisible glass ceiling where your 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 ability to grow and thrive is somehow limited in, in, in ways that are sometimes hard to put your finger on or sometimes are absolutely blatant and in your face. But the idea is to smash through that glass ceiling so that people can can become, you know, the the, the leaders of the music industry of tomorrow. Yeah, and, and such you know great insights and congratulations on being the first again on something and you know all the meaningful work that's behind that. And you have previously mentioned you are passionate about the black music space and helping others to benefit. Why are you so eager to promote the black music industry? Well, um, I love black music. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm a nerd and I'm a black music nerd, I guess. I, I love hip hop, like I said. Um, but if you love hip hop, it actually is an, is a, is a gateway into all sorts of other styles and sounds of music. Um, and, and a lot of black music far beyond black music as well, but still, and you know, with my African roots and, and heritage, it's, it's important to me. Um, and I've, I've had the, the, the privilege, um, of a great education and a lot of opportunities to pursue some of my dreams. Um, and, and for me, you know, now, now being a lawyer and, 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 you know, really understanding this space and having some of the skills and knowledge to be able to help people is quite important to me that I help our community. Um, so there are, there are all sorts of people I work with, you know, in, in an informal capacity as well where I just give them helpful bits of guidance and just help, help to kind of show them the right way and point them in the right direction or, or connect them with other people to help them pursue their careers. And, you know, I do that within the Power Up program and I, and I do it beyond. 
Um, so it's it's important it's, and it's natural and it's the, the way things should be. We should all help each other. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for, you know, lifting others up and supporting one another in community. And it's great that you're doing such a phenomenal job of that. So back to your, your albums. When you did your last album, you know, an independent label put the album out. You wrote the contract for this. So how did you <laughs> utilize your experiences of being a lawyer and specializing in intellectual property to, to assist you? It was funny, really. You know, the label I've, I've worked with um, for that album and, and, and a few other releases too, uh, including the Justice single that we mentioned, uh, it's run by uh, a, a wonderful guy called called Ali, who also works at Bandcamp. And we've been friends for many years. And we talked about maybe working on a project, him releasing some of my music through his label. And when it finally got to that stage and we we'd sort of figured out the plans for it, um, of course, the normal next stage is to put it in a contract. And instead of him sending me his standard contract, he's like, Nick, obviously you should you should write the contract for this, uh, rather than send me something and me have to you know go through it. So it was a bit weird, but um, but it was it was great, and it, it's nice to be able to um, to to bring together the, the the sort of two different paths that I've walked. It's where they cross over. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And you've been so successful in blending the two, obviously your legal career and your artistic career. Would you ever go into performing full time? Um, some people ask me whether I'd rather be uh, a lawyer uh, working in an office or a superstar rapper um, and to me, that is a dumb question. I'd obviously love, no offense, I'd love to be a superstar rapper. <laughs> um, but it didn't quite go as far as that for me, you know. And yeah. actually, I, I think that's partly because I never wanted it to, to, to go that far, you know, to that extent, perhaps, because I'd always had the ambition to become a lawyer. And, it, and there's something about being a lawyer that's very important to me. I'm the first lawyer in my family. Um, and uh, not the last, my, my brother is a lawyer as well. Um, and, and, you know, there's something about that that really, that was really important to me, um, especially, and I can't articulate it very clearly, but especially with my African heritage, there's something about it that was really important. Um, so I wouldn't really want to give it up in, 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 in that way and never really did. You know, I just always felt I could try and pursue both to the, to the, to the most, uh, to the fullest extent I could. Now, obviously we've talked a bit about some of the, the successes and the highlights of all of that. There's also the opposite. There's, there's times when I've not been able to go on a tour for a couple of months because uh, I can't take two months off my, my job and then come straight back to it in the most, in a straightforward way. I remember being a trainee actually and being offered a tour with a group called Jurassic five. And I was going to go across Europe with all of them. And it's like, well, I don't get, you know, a couple of months of, of holiday. I can't just take all my holiday. And <laughs> so it's tricky to juggle things um, and it can be stressful, but it's, it's rewarding. And, and in, in truth, I do less as a musician now than I used to, as my job as a lawyer has become more and more, um, more demanding in a way, but also just, I've been more involved, just more active uh, as a lawyer. And I'm a father. I have three children. Um, so juggling all these things together is, is, is a bit of a challenge. Uh, but that's, that's the path I've gone down. And, you know, I love the balance of, you know, when I, when I might be getting a little bit, um, bogged down in, in some of the, the technicalities of, uh, of legal work, it's nice to take a short break and 
just do some creative writing you know use left brain right brain i forget which one is which <laughs> but it's nice to try and nice to try and use both sides you know and to balance things out absolutely and you know as cool dad awards go you know a top <laughs> a top lawyer in the entertainment media space through to you know rapper artist that's pretty cool you know there's not many mm. people that can say their dad's done that right particularly with some of the artists you've done so you must be immensely proud I, I am proud and I appreciate that, but you know the cool dad thing. You know, ask my son and he would never agree with you. That I'm cool. <laughs> this is true. It is what this it is. This is true. And you, you obviously mentioned the first lawyer in uh, connection to Power Up. Do you actually do any legal work for them or anything associated from that, from a legal capacity? So part of what I do uh, with with Power Up is to provide legal training to the to the other participants so we've been doing a number of uh kind of master class sessions where i'll go through different aspects of uh the industry and the and, and the legal issues and, and trying to give people a steer on those um as well as that in a more kind of ad hoc way i've been working with several of the other power-up participants to just give them give them a steer give them give them a bit of a, a sounding post really on, on legal issues just to, to help them figure things out and that's actually grown into a fully fledged lawyer client relationship with several of them so i now actually am the lawyer officially for several of the people in the power-up community as well um so that that's part of what 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 my legal relationship with power up is i guess yeah and thanks again for for sharing that so you know what next for nick you've already done so much but do you plan to keep on making music you know just give us a bit of a, a, a take us into mm. the future so i write almost every day literally um and and i've got a lot of unreleased material and there's material i'm working on right now so i i desperately want to put more material out there and I, i've actually got two maybe even three album projects that i'm in the midst of working on um but it takes time to get those completed and with all of my life as a lawyer and a father as well i struggle to have the output that i used to have when i was a bit more uh, focused on, on on the music but having said that um, i'm featuring on uh an album by uh a producer called farmer g used to be in a, a, a hip-hop group called task force who are kind of pioneering uk hip-hop group he's got a new album coming out i think april this year it's probably the next release that i'm on and we shot a music video for that a few months ago so that's the next release that's coming soon look out for that and uh hopefully shortly after that some more releases by me uh, solo releases by me as well yeah exciting times i can't wait i'm going to be following eagerly so there's a real good message in the discussion we've had today because you have been so successful in managing to balance a passion of obviously you know you followed your music you're artistic but you've also balanced a highly successful career and we talk about entertaining educational inspiring content on the show this definitely epitomizes that you know what tips would you give to people in terms of how you have managed that balance because you mentioned you're a father you've mentioned you've got other things on the go you know what are some of the practical things you do to make the balance work i think it works for me because of the genuine interest i've got in the area i work in so sometimes i wish that my interest was in I don't know, offshore tax law. I remember having a chat with a, a, a lawyer in, was he in the Bahamas or Bermuda somewhere? And he was like, how's work today, Nick? I'm on the beach wearing shorts and I'm probably going to stop at two o'clock to eat some lobster um, and go back to my mansion. And sometimes I think, 
I wish I'd have chosen to be a lawyer in, in that kind of space, but I chose to do what I do because I love music and I love the entertainment industry and it, it, it's something I care about and I'm interested in, naturally interested in. So I'm doing business development and networking on a, in a natural way, the people I want to connect with because I want to ask them about what they're doing in this space and want to interact with them because that's what I'm into. And that makes it easier um, to to... To, to, to make more of it. Um, and I think also the two different pursuits I've got, making music and then working as a lawyer in this space, you know, they overlap more and more these days. And, and I guess I've focused in, on that to try and try and make sure that, um, you know, I'm, I'm pushing in the same direction rather than, you know, pulling in, in different directions. And, you know, a good example of that is the manager, my first manager, um, my only manager actually, um, is, uh, is someone I used to work with, um, uh, many years ago and I still work with him to this day, but instead of him being the manager and me being the artist, um, he's a manager of other artists and I'm the lawyer that works for him or for them. And we do, we do deals together and stuff. And, you know, it's just, it just shows that it's really about, um, finding your lane and and sticking with it and trying to be you know authentic to yourself and it 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 builds value and patience is is important in that because it takes time to build that up but over time focusing on this i've really managed to make a great career out of it and a good life from it which i'm very thankful for yeah no and, and thoroughly well 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 deserved nick it has to be said and perhaps more specifically what advice would you give to our listeners interested in entertainment and media law or even about the technology sector mm. well for people that are um, aspiring lawyers within that space and interested in getting into those areas of work one of the tips i would would say is focus on the um the realities of those businesses and what makes those businesses work uh, rather than getting too caught up in the, I guess the sort of the glamorous aspects of it. You know, a lot of people say, I'd love to be a, a music lawyer or, or whatever, an advertising lawyer, because they think those industries are kind of exciting and buzzy and they are, but there's also plenty of um, hard graft and, you know, uh, you know, a 90 page contract uh, is a 90 page contract and it can be, somewhat dry sometimes going through that with a fine tooth comb whether it's to do with uh, exciting music industry project or or something that you might find a little more bland so you you have to really focus on the realities of it and appreciate and understand and enjoy the the technical aspects of of, of those industries and, and the ways in which they work to really operate in them in the right way um so that's that's my tip be really into it don't be superficially into it so, Nick, you did mention you've obviously joined Simpkins. What was important for you when choosing to make that move to the next firm and how you could combine both your passions? Well, I wanted to work at a firm where I'd get to do the kinds of work that I, I really had always dreamt of doing. So really hands-on entertainment industry work, working with creative people and, and with the business people behind them. And that's something that we do every day at, at Simpkins. Um but I, I wanted to work somewhere with really talented lawyers with with um, you know a high level of technical skill um, so that I could learn and develop and learn from them. Um, and I also wanted to work amongst people who would appreciate the other 
sides of what I do, you know, my, my creativity, what I do as a musician, all of that. And Simkins, you know, ticked all of those boxes. One of the people that was interviewing me um, has is my fellow partner Ed. He's got several uh, MOBO awards, I think, and other awards for for production and work he's done in the music industry as a creative. Um, I've seen our managing partner play the piano, and he's 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 excellent at that, and several others <laughs> as well. There used to be a used to be a firm band actually that would, that would play at some of our events and things. So plenty of people who who really creative in their own right, um, and that's that's something that 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 you know showed to me that what I do in the creative space would be appreciated, and that I'd be valued for who I am. Um, and, and, and my other pursuits are an asset to the firm rather than something that would detract from from what I do as a lawyer. And so that's been great at Simkins. And that's something that we, you know, I now I now handle part of the recruitment process at the firm. You know, I, I do a lot of work with our trainee recruitment, for example. Um, and we do value the other experiences that people have had. By the way, you don't have to be like a, a singer or a, <laughs> you know, a, a, a guitarist to get a job at Simkins you, you don't have to have any of those 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 other pursuits but but we do appreciate um people from different walks of life and and who have different skill sets and we consider everybody on their merits you know so so it's something that, that that's really important to us at the firm yeah no absolutely and I think it's a, a phenomenal firm for people particularly if you are interested in you know the entertainment and media space because of the quality of work and the fact that you know you do allow that balance for people you know to come in and follow their passions and support that I think it's it's really important people really think about what they want from their career inside and maybe outside of the law but I would highly recommend a firm like Simpkins if people were thinking of you know particularly if you have those passions checking them out absolutely you know we've we've talked a lot today and absolutely rightly so around power up and I'm sure this would have inspired a lot of people so how can people get involved and is there a deadline for potentially trying to get involved yeah so this second year of power up uh, is launching and it's it's open for applications right now up until the 17th of February and you can go to the PRS Foundation website if you search PRS Foundation power up search that you'll get there and uh, this is open to black people including people like me who are of mixed heritage uh, operating in the music industry whether you're a creative or you're an industry professional of some sort. Uh, and this is a potential way of, of boosting your career. Uh, and it's been a real boost for my career and for the rest of the cohort I work with there. And, you know, do do look into it if that if that uh, if you fit that description. Yeah, no, and I would encourage people most definitely to to do that. And if people then, Nick, before we look to wrap up, want to follow you or get in touch with anything we discussed today, I suspect there might be quite a few. What's the best way for them to contact you? Feel free to shout out any social media or web links. We'll also make sure we share them with this episode for you too. Um, so if you're interested in what I do as a musician, you could the easiest place is to go to my Instagram, uh, which is at Essa Hip Hop, at Essa Hip Hop, E-double-S-A Hip Hop. Um, and if you want to check out what I do as a lawyer, you may as well start with my Instagram, my other Instagram as well, which is at Nick Eziefuller, N-I-C-K-E-Z-I-E-F-U-L-A. That's me. Um, so you can find me on either of those profiles and they'll all lead towards me and you'll find all the stuff that I do there. 
Yeah, well, thank you so much, Nick. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. From all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, wishing you tons of continued success. Not that you need it with your career and all your future pursuits, but for now, over and out. This week's review comes from Maddie Pars. Five stars. Love it. Highly recommend. Uh, Maddie, we really appreciate your kind words. Simplicity at its finest. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much once again. 